guessed the first team to clinch and sweep out of the first round of the NBA. Actually, the only team to sweep would be the Boston Celtics over the Brooklyn Nets. Not the Sixers over the Raptors like the games that we were talking about in last episode. But this is this episode. Episode 200, to be precise, of the next best bet. I'm Jake Higgins. You're Brett Levy. We have the NFL draft to talk about. We have NBA, some MLB. I don't know if we're going to get to some hockey today or not, but Brett, happy episode 200. Yes, sir. Happy 200, Higgins. And um, look, I'm really excited for Thursday night, Higgins, in particular. The first round of the NFL draft, my New York Jets, your New York Giants, Higgins, both two top 10 picks. Uh, so we have a lot, a lot to be interested in. Um, it'll probably be two hours till I see both my picks, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's a story for another day. And then three NBA playoff games on Thursday night as well, Higgins. Uh, there's going to be some baseball throughout the afternoon. What a great Thursday we got coming up. Fantastic Thursday. Some fantastic April sports that we've had as we're closing out April as well. Quick recap on how we did it in episode 199, though, Brett. I missed my pick of the pod. You missed your Levy lock. I did get two wins, though. Surprisingly, though, the Sixers, they, they didn't win for me. They didn't seal up that sweep like I thought they were. In fact, they lost a second game as well, and I'm staying away from game six for right now, I think. Yeah, Higgins was not my best episode, but, uh, you know, I was at my fiance's bridal shower in Buffalo this weekend, so I didn't get to talk to you and make the pick. But I bounced back uh, because I bet the Heat minus four and then Jimmy Butler was announced out and I was sweating it. But don't worry, I didn't cash out and uh, they covered that number for me. Uh, Heat made it out the series, Higgins, but uh, they certainly took their lumps along the way, losing Lowry, losing Butler uh, for game five as well. So... Uh, a little concerned about the Heat's health moving forward, uh, but they just, again, keep finding ways to win basketball games. I mean, they took their lumps like we took our lumps with the Levy Lock pick of the pod, but we're going to bounce back right here just like they're going to bounce back and play again. Beginner's Boulevard, we're going to give you a draft term, and it's totals draft markets. Now, this is just like an over-under in a game, but you're betting the over-under on the total number of players drafted in a certain position now this is like in this draft the most common one that we're talking about is the offensive line or the wide receivers probably but this is typically spanning the course of the first round not the whole draft when you're talking about uh totals draft markets higgins yeah this is a fun market to play in uh i'm not playing in any uh of this market but look if you believe that, you know, three quarterbacks are going to get picked, maybe you search for that two and a half, and then you have a reason to be interested all the way up until pick 32. Someone trades back in late in the first round. 
Maybe you get a surprise team like uh, a few years ago, Higgins, with the Green Bay Packers selecting Jordan Love. So mm-hmm. uh, you never know what could happen in the NFL draft. Um, we think we know. We think we have a good idea because everyone's reading all these mock drafts and listening to Adam Schefter and, uh, you know, Tom Pelissaro, right? We're yeah. all reading the tweets. We know nothing, Higgins. We have no idea. You know, these guys could be getting tweets like, hey, hey, boss, what do you want me to put out there? Oh, let's let's see if we can muster up some juice for this guy and see if anyone wants to trade up and, and jump. It, and, right you know. now is rumor time. This past few weeks has been rumor time, absolutely, whether it's been from agents trying to boost their guy up in the uh, draft board, whether it be from teams, there's – moles in the media trying to do some things as well trying to get their own ways of getting uh some of that clout and the total drafts market i think the quarterback market that you're talking about though is the right one to play in this draft because everyone's talking about that lineman or wide receivers draft market and so those have inflated to six and a half five and a half depending on where you're looking at them and unless you take the unders at the seven and a half side even there, it can be risky because the offensive lineman can just start falling like dominoes. But quarterbacks, there already is the Lions having the 32nd draft pick. So they could come and draft a third guy right there automatically. And Brett, we've basically already shifted right into our NFL draft topic right now. And it's an interesting draft we have because all these mock drafts, as you alluded to a little earlier... We may know nothing, but everyone's saying defensive linemen. I don't know. I feel like the Jaguars personally should go offensive linemen to protect Trevor Lawrence. Do they? I don't know. They're up there all the time for a reason. They draft poorly, I think. But if they protect Trevor Lawrence, I think that would be a good decision, even though they probably also could use one of these edge rushers. Yeah, so... This is, uh, you know, the quote-unquote rumor mill, right, Higgins? Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, Doug Peterson, who is now the head coach of the Jaguars. He He's with you, Higgins. He's in the Jake Higgins camp. We need our old lineman. He likes that uh, Icky Okongwu from, uh, from uh, NC State, excuse me. Uh, and then you've got uh, the GM, Trent Balky. He loves the upside of uh, Trayvon Walker, who we've seen flip to the favorite the last few days. But Higgins, my money is on the owner. And the owner likes Michigan man Aiden Hutchinson at plus 350. So that's, you know, those... You know, you have to take all these rumors with a grain of salt is really what I'm trying to get at. But Mm -hmm. if we have word that this is the owner's guy, well, Higgins, that is noteworthy to me. So I have not moved to the quote-unquote general manager's guy, the guy that supposedly is making decision. I'm sticking with the guy that signs the checks, Higgins, at plus 350. And Hutchinson like you mentioned, was up until recently the favorite. And on a lot of these mock drafts, that the last ones that came out were in the beginning of April. He was at the top of those. You, like you mentioned, Trayvon Walker only floated up rather recently. 
I I think they should draft an offensive lineman. I mean, I think Iquanu at plus 500 or Evan Neal at plus 1,200 are great value there. But I think it's too risky because I don't trust the Jaguars to actually protect Lawrence. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to look at the first lineman drafted market. And this might be also a little bit of a heart pick, Brett, because as a Giants fan, preferably I would love for them to draft Evan Neal. That's the guy that I would like for them to take personally. My luck, I don't think he's going to be there at five. So I'm taking him over Equanu at plus 160 to be the first offensive lineman drafted. And instead of getting the SEC guy that the, I think the Giants should get, the Giants are going to draft the ACC guy that I don't think they should get. Well, I mean, people are really high on... A, a... I, I'm, I'm joking and making light of the conferences there. I mean, Aquanu is absolutely a very good talent. You're right. But I, I personally think Evan Neal is the top offensive lineman here, and I think he's going to be the first one drafted. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's a bad strategy, Higgins. We were talking about the a lot about the quarterbacks earlier, Higgins. There's really interesting discussion because if if I was drafting Higgins, I'd probably lean towards a Malik Willis. I agree. Um, maybe a Sam Howell, one of these guys that has a little mobility, right? But uh, maybe I'm Desmond not, Ritter. Maybe Ritter as well. I'm not. Uh, I'm not drafting Higgins, so <laughs> we've heard in the rumor mills, uh, Carolina prefers Pickett, and Pickett at one point was committed to Temple. I believe Matt Rule was the coach there at the time uh, before he went to Pitt, so uh, there's a little bit of connection there. Pickett's rumored to be the guy for the Saints as well because he's more ready uh, to go day one than Malik Willis, but uh Higgins, you're actually betting in this market, so what are, what are you doing here? Well, you just sold exactly the cow that I'm betting. I'm betting on Kenny Pickett to be the first quarterback drafted, also at a plus 160. I agree Malik Willis should be the first one drafted. After I placed this bet, I actually got a fear that the Houston Texans are going to go and draft Malik Willis at three and not I think everyone might be sleeping after they traded Deshaun Watson. They do need a quarterback. Maybe they just go and grab one at three instead of trading down. But I think Kenny Pickett was named the guy by either Carolina or the Saints very early. And he's not going to fall further than six, in my opinion. I don't think a quarterback goes earlier than six either. So I think he's going to be the first drafted. Yeah, um, you know, Willis, uh, there's some rumors that the Steelers really like Malik Willis. Um, that one would probably sting Kenny Pickett a little <laughs> bit if they're both sitting there at 20. But you never know. Maybe the Steelers make a move, get up there into the high teens if both of them are still there. Um, so a lot to watch, Higgins, in the quarterback market. I, I got to bring this up because you said it before we were recording. You said it's going to be a very interesting night for quarterbacks. I'm, I'm more on the fence, Higgins. So, so sell me. How many quarterbacks are going in the first round? And, like, are teams moving on these guys? What's happening here? 
So I say it's an interesting night because I think if one goes in the first round, then maybe we see two. I'm on the fence about three. I could also see a scenario that none of them actually go in the first round. And that it was all hype. And that it's just too much talent everywhere else. And it's a best available draft. And these quarterbacks just fall. We've seen it happen. We've seen quarterbacks fall. Um, but Not an I, entire class, I think. Though, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right with Willis. And Pickett going in the first round. It it depends. My like, third's Ritter, not Howell, personally. Yeah, Corral's probably really the third coming off. But coming off the injury, we'll see what mm-hmm. uh, teams think. He was undersized, a little small. So, uh, you know, teams may be cautious, may, may do something there. Um, but it could also be a fire sale that if some people trade up and pull a quarterback that all of a sudden we see a few of them go and we do see like three or four like Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter creep in there too. Yeah, you never know, Higgins. That's what's always fun about the draft is, uh, you know, you get all these rumors and then it actually plays out live and it's so different. Um, But one of the guys who maybe I'm buying in on a little bit, Higgins, because the Chiefs are rumored to be very interested in North Dakota State wideout Christian Watson. Um, I think under pick 40 and a half seems really realistic there. Um, This is a guy who played at a very small school, but obviously a very talented school. They perform well. Uh, He ran very well, Higgins. He's got really good size. So I think teams are going to see his testing numbers. Uh, They'll probably throw on his tape. My guess is playing at that level uh, with that size and speed. He probably got some good separation there, Higgins. Uh, So the tape will look pretty good. Hopefully his route running is crisp. This is the stuff that gets nitty-gritty with wide receivers that I don't really have a read on, right? But I think enough talent is there. So uh, Christian Watson under 40.5 at minus 114. The over-under, both minus 114 there. Just a little extra vid for the book because books do take a beating uh, on draft night. So it's a, it's a fun night for gamblers overall, Higgins. Yeah, and you mentioned the Chiefs being high on Christian Watson. I'm going to be betting on specifically which position the Chiefs are going to draft first overall. And to me, it has to be a wide receiver. There's so many wide receivers being talked about in this first round that either could fall to the Chiefs if they don't move from their back-to-back picks in the late 20s, or if they trade up into the teens, they could get themselves maybe a a Drake uh, London, maybe a Jameis Wilson, a Jameson Willis. God, a Jameson Williams. I did not say that name easily. His name's been skyrocketing up the board, though. It's been a lot easier for other people to say because they're loving him. I was hesitant because of his injury that he suffered late in this season and where what that was going to do to his draft stock. Apparently, though, in this past month, maybe the surgery went well or something. Maybe he did well at the combine with how he talked to teams, but he 
was very productive and maybe that performance was just enough too. So James Williams, also one of those names that could be there for the chiefs to grab, but wide receiver plus 100 even odds right now. I think that's fantastic because I think that is the position that they are drafting. Absolutely. Yeah. Fair enough. Higgins. I'll be honest with you. Some of those guys you named aren't going to be there at whatever pick the Chiefs have. They went unless up. they trade they, up, up. Unless up, they up. trade up, up, up. But yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I think the Chiefs stay home. But I think you're right. I think they get a wide receiver there. Uh, but I actually think Jameson Williams is going to be the first wide receiver off the Ooh. board. Higgins. Um, no disrespect to. Garrett Wilson, who's the favorite. Drake London, who's co-second favorite um, mm-hmm. with Jamison Williams. But you mentioned it; he's skyrocketing. I don't think it's a secret. Uh, if he was healthy, he'd probably be the number one wideout in this draft. Absolutely. So he was a uh, top ten, top five, I think. Yeah, people people uh, believe in the talent Higgins. So. Uh, I think you have a chance to have that guy on the cheap for five years. Like, you're going to take it, uh, and you'll take it early just because, you know, if the talent is so great, it's worth it. Absolutely. I think the wide receiver class here is extremely talented, and it'll be interesting to see because there are going to be some teams, cough, cough, Eagles, cough, cough, that have struck out in recent years and are going to probably have to draft and wide receiver again. Do they strike out or is third time the charm? Yeah, we'll see what they do. Um, I'm sure they're in on all these trade talks for all these guys as well. So uh, be very interesting to watch uh, everything unfold on draft night. Now, are you a big day two, day three draft watcher or... Are you going to be mainly lost in the NBA playoffs, MLB, NHL regular season wrapping up? So I will uh, probably have some sort of draft on the computer type of deal going on. But um, I'm in it for day one and two, for sure. I, I, th- I find it interesting. Um Having done player development in my past, Higgins, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's mean, It's a meaningful moment in these guys' careers. Like, I'm excited for these kids. You know, they have an opportunity here um, to, you know, achieve a lifetime goal and dream. So, um, you know, it's a big moment, and uh, I think that's fun to watch unfold as well. Uh, day three... I'll tell you what, Higgins, I'm definitely, like, on Twitter keeping track of picks, but I'm out and about doing stuff. Like, hopefully I'm that, on the golf that's course your Saturday. on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully I'm I, on I, the golf I, I course. I hope so. I hope I'm on the golf course, too. Yeah. Maybe we yeah. can get on the golf course on Saturday. Oh, then maybe. Baby, let's go. Uh, but yeah. on Thursday, I'm going to need multiple screens. I'm going to need day one on a screen. I'm going to need some NBA playoffs on the other screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, NBA on the big screen. I mean, it's playoffs, baby. I mean, and we have on Thursday three different games that are game six with the away team leading 3-2. So are we going to see away teams sweep this? I don't know. I think we're going to see at least a couple 
Game 7s. I'm hesitant to say which ones, though. Yeah, Higgins, I am with you. I I think it's really tough to go out there and say all three road teams win. Uh, I guess, to be honest, Higgins, I got kind of lucky. The one I'm most confident in just getting it done, like not covering a spread, although the spread is tiny in this one between the Sixers and Raptors at only one and a half. Uh, I just... All of the, the lines Sixers are at one need, and a half. Oh, oh, all of the lines in, in your all woods. All of the lines are at yeah, one and a half, I've at got, least from the book I looked at. Yeah, I've got I've got some... Uh, so I've got New Orleans plus two and a half. Um, oh, wow. But, yeah, so it's a point difference. So come across the border <laughs> if you need an extra point. Um, you know, but uh, <laughs> Sixers Raptors. Sorry, Higgins. I distracted uh, you. That's my fault. One, one and a half there. And uh, look, I I think the the Sixers could get that done. I could also see this being a crazy game like we've had in this series, like we had on the Raptors title run, where it just comes down to a last second shot goes in or out, and, uh, you know, that's a one-point game right there, Higgins. So uh, I, I don't expect this to be a blowout by any means, but Philly minus 120 on the money line here in New Jersey. I'm taking it now before people can uh, hop on the Sixers train here. Um, I just think they get it done. I think they're tired, not, not them as a whole per se, but Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, they're tired of these narratives that they can't get it done. Like J- James Harden's probably tired of the narrative that he stinks right now. Although, you know, he's not so great right now. So, <laughs> um, they, they got some stuff to figure out, but I, I think they just get it done in game six. Like, you know, they just, they figure out a way to close it out in a tight one. I think you're right. It's the game that I'm most hesitant to pull a trigger on as of Wednesday night, though. So it's the one game that I'm actually staying away from. I think you're on the right side of it, though. I do. I think it's going to be... I think Philly should thoroughly beat them, but Joel Embiid, since he tore his ligament in his thumb, it's become a much closer series. Yeah, I just... I think that is a really good point, Higgins. Um... I just think it's one of those things like this cannot go seven games because then those demons, those demons start coming up, Higgins, and you do not want that. So, I, I and I truly believe in the talent difference, right? If Van Vliet can't go, um, you know the Sixers might have. Eh, Siakam's still really good, so I I don't know. It's probably 2-2, but uh, it's really close. The Sixers might have three of the five best players on the court. I agree. I think it's going to be a great game to start off the night. I'm going to talk about the second game, Phoenix in New Orleans. And without Devin Booker, Chris Paul has a lot on his shoulders, and he looked gassed in Game 5 by how much he had to work for it. And I think... Coming into Game 6, it's going to be a little bit tougher for how old he is now, for how deep he's been playing right now. It's going to be a little bit tougher. It's going to be a bounce-back game. And New Orleans at home, I think they're going to force a Game 7. Do they 
get out of this series? I don't believe so, but I think they force a Game 7. Pelicans plus 105. I think it's good value, getting a home dog like that. I think New Orleans, to me, with Brandon Ingram, with uh, C.J. McCollum, has a much better chance against an injured Phoenix Suns team, per se, than uh, the Raptors against the Sixers, as we were talking about a little earlier. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Ingram's battling some jam fingers. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see how hopefully he shoots a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Pelicans are absolutely live in this one, Higgins. Um, this is, again, Phoenix um, just truly has been a monster probably since their 8-0 run in the bubble is probably when you'd say this yeah, all started. That's right. Yeah, so... Uh, I would say since that point, Phoenix has just been such a monster. And you know what? I haven't been buying. I haven't been buying. I haven't been buying. The eight seed is truly like the time when I've been buying into the Suns. Like, I just think they figure it out. Uh, Bridges looked pretty good in the last game, Higgins. Um, and obviously everyone's been seeing the things that... He didn't miss a game in college, hasn't missed a game in his NBA career. So, um, you know, him obviously playing confident and well is is a nice addition to the Suns' offense. And both cams showed up in Game 5, which was very big for Phoenix as well. Yeah. They need that again in Game 6. No, good point. That's why I'm going with New Orleans, though. And so I'm sticking with the Pelicans at home. I think they're going to force a Game 7. Maybe Phoenix... Uh, takes care of it back at home when they're comfortable, though. The last game of the night, though, Dallas at Utah. The Mavs, I'm taking them at minus 110. And actually, Brett, this is kind of a doubling down on the Mavs to win the series that I have as a future that I took a few episodes ago back in 197. So really, I could be hedging myself long-term and picking... Utah just in case, but I'm not going to do that. I'm picking Dallas. I'm picking Luka. I'm picking all of them in the Mavs, and they're going to win minus 110 at Utah. All right. I uh, love the confidence there, Higgins. I like it a little bit more because of the uncertain status of Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Although the MRIs came back clean, uh, I guess there was reports of bruised quads. So, um, we'll have to keep our eye on how Mitchell looks. Uh, so I'm holding off till betting, uh, probably until end game. But who knows, Higgins? Uh, maybe the Jets or Giants trade back into the first round at that point, and uh, I gotta flip back over to the NFL draft. I might miss <laughs> some of the game. Like I said, it's gonna have to be a dual screen type of night on Thursday. What if me. like the Mets or Yankees are in a close one? Oh yeah, yeah. That's where the laptop comes into play, and then we then we got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brett, talking about the MLB, I want to give out another pick, but also if you follow me on social media, or you follow at NBB Pod, the next best bet on social media, you'll see that over the past two days. I've been conducting an experiment because I noticed so far in the MLB season, 60% of the unders are hitting. I bet every single game yesterday, 
I went seven and eight. I lost just over a unit. I bet every single game today, and so far, uh, they're two for two with a bunch of games in play. We'll see how it goes. But 60% on the unders, there's a lot of talk about these balls feeling a little more dead, not flying out, even though it's the same angle trajectory, uh, exit trajectory, it's the same uh, velocity, and it's the same uh, April comparisons. For some reason, these balls aren't getting out of the park, whether it's a dead ball or not. These unders, and there's less runs, there's less home runs in all these games right now. Yeah, um, those are great points, Higgins. I know uh, Chris Bassett was complaining about baseballs. And, uh, then today, of course, there was a bench-clearing brawl in, in St. Louis. <laughs> there was. So, or that was Wednesday, excuse me. But, yeah, um, so there's a lot of talk about the baseballs right now. I don't know what the answer is. But I know as the weather turns, Higgins, naturally, uh, we'll see some more balls fly out of the ballpark. So hopefully, um, you know, that'll help a little bit here. And um, look, hopefully baseball can figure something out behind the scenes if they don't want to go public with it about what's going on with these baseballs. So uh, I think the undertrend is really interesting to watch, Higgins. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it every single game of the day, and I'm going to do it like in a long-term manner. So I, this would bombard my overall uh, next best bet record if I did it on the podcast, though. So this is going to be a social media prop that I'm doing. So you have to go over to a social media to track and see how I'm doing, because I'm not going to completely hijack my next best bet records by betting every single under every single episode. Eight under eight and a half Reds Padres. Nope, I'm actually going to be going to the money line in the Padres Reds on Thursday. And Padres minus one fifteen. The Reds, they are one and five. That is entering Wednesday. They Reds granted on Wednesday night are hosting the Padres. And as we're recording, I do not know the result of that. So that could be two and five. That could be one and six by Thursday. But the Padres are much better on the road than the Reds are at home. The Reds only have one win at home. The Padres are 5-3 and three on the road, and I'm just taking the Padres. They're going to have a better season than the Reds. Yes, the Padres are going to have uh, a better season than the Reds. Reds would need to score five here in the bottom of the ninth to force extras again. So okay. I think we could safely say uh, Padres are going to win on Wednesday night. And I could be more bold and go to the run line, Brett, because the Reds aren't even doing well against the run line. They're 5-12. and 12. But I'm not going to push my luck on Padres minus 1.5 because it's Nick Martinez on the, ra- on the mound against Tyler Molly. So I'm not going to necessarily force that. I'm just going to uh, go with the money line. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. If just looking at two pitchers ERAs against... I think this is unfortunately going to be an an over game here. Well, Wednesday's game looks like it was an over actually too, Brett. So, like I said, they're going to have to go to the uh, next best bet Twitter page though to see how I'm doing day-to-day in that unders theory that I'm doing. Now, Brett, the NHL, 
There's games on Thursday, there's games on Friday, and then the playoffs start. And really, I'm not going to give out a regular season pick this late in the season right now, but the only teams that really have my attention that I might bet shortly before puck drop are the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights, who are neither eliminated nor clinched in the playoffs yet. Um... The Nashville Predators, who could still potentially uh, push their way or fall down to second in the wild card slot. So, I there's only about three, four teams in the NHL I'd be betting in the final days. I don't know about you, Brett. Yeah, um, I've taken a little bit of a break from NHL betting. I will be in on all the Ranger games in the postseason, Higgins. I know they lost Panarin the other day, so that will be tough on the New York Rangers. Uh, Hopefully he's back for round one. Uh, But yeah, I'll be back in the blue shirts. Uh, Igor and Met, you know, we got a chance every night. Absolutely, and the Flyers won't be there, so maybe I'll... I haven't figured out who I'm going to be pulling for in this playoffs yet. I'm not going to say that I'm going to pull for the Rangers yet, necessarily. Yeah, it's okay. You can say it. <laughs> but, uh, Brett, before we get out of here, Levy Lock, pick of the pod, we both lost. Would you like to try again? No, I'm good. You got okay. it. Okay. Well, like I said, the Chiefs, they're picking a wide receiver with their first overall pick in the draft. It, well, it's not the first overall pick, but with their first pick in the NFL draft, whether it's the two that they have at the end of the first round or whether they trade up, it's going to be a wide receiver. The Chiefs traded away uh, Tyreek Hill. They have Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and McCole Hardman as their starting wide receivers right now. Doesn't sound like the starting wide receivers come uh, game one. I think they're going to draft a guy or two, try to get a rookie in there with all this talent coming out of the draft, and find another guy to piece in there uh, to be a part of their system. And Right off the bat, with the uh, draft pick that the Dolphins gave them, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, uh, I think that is very fair, Higgins. Uh, I am going over to the NBA. I told you I think the Sixers just get it done. I don't know how, but they do it. So Sixers money line, minus 120 here in New Jersey, Higgins. I know you had to lay a few extra cents over in your state if you wanted that. So, um, you know, maybe the number isn't as good as your state and you can't eat it, right? Like, I can eat 120. That's not really too much on the VIG. But, uh, you know, if that number, for whatever reason, is 140 in your state and you you want the points, um, you know, I'd be cautious because... I do think this one's going to be close, Higgins. Uh, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere in Toronto. I might need to go to New Jersey for some gas and some picks. We'll see. <laughs> well, make sure to follow us on social media, whether it's to track my MLB runs, whether it's to see our clips from this episode. That's at NBB Pod on Twitter, at Next Best Bet on Instagram, and the Next Best Bet Facebook page and YouTube channel. Happy episode 200, Brett. We made it through another one. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, we'll be back with episode 201 again soon. For Brett, I'm Jake. We'll see you guys again.